Welcome to Something About Grace. My name is Leland Smith. This message is called Waiting for God. Recently, I watched a message by a prominent pastor, and he asked a question that really got my attention, and it was this. What motivates us to wait for God? Well, I have to admit it's something that I never really thought about, and I never heard anyone ask that question before. But before we move on to answering that question, I want to make sure that you understand that this message is about waiting for God, not waiting on God. In this message, when I say waiting for God, it does not involve effort on our part, whereas waiting on God can be serving him in some way, like a waiter in a restaurant, for example. So in context of this message, we are removed from the equation, so to speak. And waiting for God is challenging because we are impatient. I like what Joel Olstein says. He says, we live in a drive-through society, but we serve a crockpot God. Boy, how, isn't that the truth? All right, the answer to what motivates us to wait for God is this. Never forget the times when God has come through for you. You know, God doesn't want us to live a life as a series of episodes, going from one episode, forgetting about it, and going to the next episode and forgetting about that. It should be more like a program that you like on TV that has a continuous storyline for the whole season. Our storyline continues for a lifetime, and he wants us to remember the times he was there for us, so it gives us confidence that he will never abandon us. And we need to keep reminding ourselves of those times so we never forget. What we're waiting for from God many times is how to pursue specific things in our lives. For example, it might be a job position you're considering or a relationship, uh, where you want to go to church, and the, the list is really endless. So you get to the point where you're all ready to move forward, but don't get ahead of God and out of frustration and impatience make decisions that you don't feel peaceful about. In other words, don't let your emotions cause you to act. Colossians 3.15 says that the peace we find in our hearts, which comes from the Holy Spirit, acts as our personal umpire to help us to make the right choices and avoid wrong ones. But our emotions can easily mislead us. Psalm 25 says those who trust and wait hopefully for God will not be disappointed. What gives us the patience that we need is reminding ourselves of the times when God has proven that he can be trusted. When we wait for his counsel, we are open and submissive to what he tells us. This will help prevent us from jumping ahead of him and making a mess out of things. Although God's mercy and grace will fix those messes, but you know why not prevent them if we can? It does, however, require a lot of patience and complete trust in him. Now, here's a promise from God, Psalms 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will advise you and watch over you. So, wait for his advice. And once you have his counsel, don't stop asking for it until you've completed what he has planned for you. In other words, you could say, okay, God, I am this far, so what's next? The other thing that occurred to me is that if you pay attention you'll see that there are no coincidences with God and that his timing is right on. And it's a good thing to remember those times as well. Now, before I turned on the television that morning, I made a comment to my wife. I was fearing the financial lack, which is nothing new with me, 
but I was really tired of the heaviness that comes with it. So I said, you know, I really need to keep track of how God has provided for us and then remind myself of those times. But for many of us, the habit is to focus on our problems. Now here's the key. We need to think about what we're thinking about and our emotions are indicators for us of what we're thinking. If you're starting to feel anxious or in fear, take a moment and trace back to that thought that triggered the emotion. You can usually find it. And you know, fear is really debilitating because it causes you to freeze in that type of thinking and that's where you stay. But I wanna encourage you, if you've had trouble with focusing on your problems uh, and that's you know kind of been the pattern in your life, don't condemn yourself or beat yourself over the past because I've begun to realize that God has anticipated every dumb mistake we'll ever make. And believe me, I've made some bonehead ones and I know that I'm not alone. But remember this, God does not hold it against us and he's not out to get us. He's a loving God and it doesn't stop him from getting us to the destiny he has planned for us. Now we may cause it to take a little longer, but if you're his child, he will never stop working on his plan for you. He wants so desperately for us to be blessed that nothing will ever stop him from pursuing us. Now, remember I said that uh, there are no coincidences with God? Well, here's a great example. Right after I had shared this with my wife, I decided to turn the TV on and watch whatever message was on. Well, the message was all about how important it is to remember those times when God took care of things for you. <laughs> Again, no coincidences. You know, no matter what we're struggling with, the bottom line is about trusting God for everything. And I mean everything. But it takes time if you haven't learned it. So you need to be patient with yourself. Then I got to thinking about um, examples in the Bible telling us why it's so important to remember things. And one particular one is with Abraham in Genesis 18, verses 18 and 19, God said, I have chosen him because he will live out the faith in his own life and will successfully pass the torch. He will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And which also include, of course, sharing things that God had done for him and reminding them. I've been told for many years how important it is to journal about specific times when God has come through for us, but I thought it was too much work, so I ignored it and was just kind of lazy about it. But in thinking back, I know that the Holy Spirit has also prompted me from time to time to do that. But just like before, I ignored him then too. Now I understand how important it is to write these things down. So I knew that I had to start a journal, but I wanted it with me. But you know, then it was another thing that I had to remember. So the Holy Spirit gave me a really simple solution. Add them to your home screen on your phone and you can look at them anytime. Plus, you can update it as soon as there's something to add to it. Wow, that was genius and so easy to do. Thank you, Jesus. And I've been doing that and I would recommend that you do it too because it's really convenient. But don't just make this list and forget about it. Use it as often as you need it. I read something recently that I'd like to share with you that supports this whole idea about remembering. It took 42 generations of waiting and teaching before Mary conceived in her virgin womb 
God's ultimate promise to Abraham, God's one and only son, our Savior and Messiah. Now listen to this. The sons of Abraham, the Israelites, should have been wiped off the face of the earth millennia ago. 400 years of cruel bondage in Egypt didn't wipe them out. Instead, they actually became stronger. Why? Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem and dragged the people off to Babylon in a cruel ancient trail of tears. And Jews fell out like flies along the way, dying on that 500-mile death march. Only the strongest made it to Babylon. But the dream lived on. Why? The Israelite people themselves failed God and backslid many times over the centuries, but their apostasies did not wipe out the dream. Why? And of course, there's the Holocaust of World War II. So why have they survived? The answer is simple. A remnant always remained that believed God's covenant promises to Abraham. And those survivors kept reminding themselves and teaching the covenant promises to their children and grandchildren. So the light never fully went out, and the story hasn't ended. Abraham's faith gave us Jesus, the Messiah, and the gospel light continues to burn brightly around the world. So let's do our part and remember the things God has done for us. Write them down so we remember them and talk about them to our children and grandchildren and share those things with the world to keep that light burning brightly. Amen. You've been listening to Something About Grace, and my name is Leland Smith.